0: here we go buckle up drum roll please we're about to get into it all right welcome back to the daily traders podcast this is episode number five all right i'm your host mark this is my co-host jack and we're glad to be back yeah we are i'm in a suit today yeah you are and you're in like a half suit Something. Yeah, I'm missing the jacket. I um I was sweating. It's a little hot in here. I don't know how I feel about that tie. It's like it kind of contrasts like the whole plaid look there. Yeah,
1: no, I, I realized that. I was in a I was trying to get to the office early because I had some positions open. You were here really early. Yeah, I was here at uh like eight, which is which is not early. I but I live like an hour and a half away. Yeah. So, you know, I had to be up around six, and I was uh my I actually slept through my alarm and my buddy, my roommate, woke me up. He was like, dude, are you? Because uh, he came to the office with me today. He's like, dude, don't you uh, have to leave <laughs> in like 10 minutes? And I at my phone. And I was like, oh, shoot, yeah. So I just threw together some random outfit, and uh, this is what popped out, so.
0: Fair. Yeah. That works. Yeah. I um, I always get my sleep on filming days. Like, nice. I, I feel like it's like, I don't want to pull up, be half awake. Like this winter filming, there were some nights where I was up all night. I would get here at like 7 in the morning, half awake, just... It just wasn't healthy, and and then I came across like that on camera. Yeah, so I slept until like nine o'clock.
1: That's fair. You were
0: here. You were at the office, and I was still sleeping.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm. I've actually been super uh, anal lately about like staying, being like around my trades and like alert because this has been happening to me like a few times. Like it happened the other day. I went and got lunch, and uh, the I looked at my portfolio it was up like. No, I texted you. I was up like seventy five percent on a position because I told you about. I was like, "Yo, I'm entering yeah. this. Like, yeah, you yeah. entered if you want." Um, I was up seventy five percent on position. I go out to lunch and it just shopped. And when I was at lunch, like if I stayed on my computer, oops, um, <coughs> I would have seen the like pattern, the direction change, and I probably would have taken profits. But because I was at lunch, um, I didn't take profits, and I actually took a loss on that trade. So it went from a seventy five. Oh, it went from like a seventy five percent banger to a. Uh, actually like a 20% loser because I didn't take profits. Dang, I've Um,
0: had mornings where, you know, I've been a little lazy and um, normally I'm up and at it. Like when I was in California, I was up at five o'clock every morning. Yeah, Like hour, good hour long pre-market session, go through my watch list, send that out to the mentorship, whatnot. Yep. But now I like, you know, wake up at probably eight. Yeah. Sometimes a little later, depending. Like I go hard, 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 and then I crash. Yeah. And I need some rest. And uh, I've, you know- Woken up at nine twenty. Check, you know, pre market, whatever. I have a position. It's all right. Take a shower. Within ten minutes, you know, market opens nine forty, and I'm down like atrocious. It's like yeah. a five thousand dollars shower. Yeah, right. like I've had some. Rough, I've had I've had some couple thousand rough, dollars showers. Rough showers. Yeah. All right, a little disclaimer we got to put in here. We are not financial advisors. We cannot give financial advice. Nothing said in this podcast should be taken as financial advice. The full disclaimers will be in the description below. Thanks. But it, yeah. if you're day trading, yeah, you can't walk away. And with the positions I take, it's all, they're all swing trades and that's fine. Like I'm, yeah. you know, I'm fine with like leaving for a bit and it's not going make it, to make or break the trade. Unless I don't check it all day.
1: Yeah, I've been actually slowly transitioning my strategy over to more swing trading. I've been taking a few day trades here and there. I'll have like a QQQ or a SPY up because uh, I've been trading those ETFs for a while. So I'm pretty familiar with how they um, move. So I'll keep those up. And if I see any good setups, I'll take it. But mostly, most of my strategies now are in swing trading. And okay. I, I definitely have grown to like it a lot more as it's like, I remember you touched on this. Uh, I think it was in the pod not that long ago and you talked about how swing trading is great because you can actually you can take a lot of time to analyze right you can look you can look at uh patterns how the you know how the equity um if you're trading stocks has Behaved around different moving averages because each stock will, you know, behave differently around different moving averages on different time frames. So, yep. kind of actually, like, really learning what position you're about to enter. Yeah, so I no, think, I
0: mean, yeah, I can't do the day trading thing that fast paced Like looking at a couple moving averages and trying to make a decision. Like, I like taking yeah. time and yeah, taking a, a step back, like just looking at an analytical standpoint. Like I don't look at news and and I just look at the chart and you know I stick to the to that one time frame. But um, I, yeah, it's it takes time to find like the good trades, the right trades, like the opportunities out there. Um, but right now, just because the market's tough, there's less opportunities. I'm trading less. You know, it's maybe one trade a week. I'm really going in heavy on that trade. So like now more than ever, it's important for me to like sit back and and take twice as long maybe than I normally would to to look at a setup, especially before I call it out. And like the trade that I'm in right now, which is Uber, uh which is doing well you yeah, have it pulled I'm, up here. I'm in it I'm uh, it's on the right side. You're in Uber okay so yeah. like I took um you know I found that trade earlier in the morning uh, a couple days ago I think what's today? yeah and um I you know checked on it throughout the day and I normally enter my trades like last hour of the day power hour right As I swing trade and then I'll swing it like preferably like it would be amazing to get a good aftermarket move and pre-market move and close the trade on market open the next day. But realistically it takes a couple of days to get the move you want. And it's a bigger move that I'm looking, uh, that I'm looking for on Uber. Um, Like a, uh, it was like Almost a twenty percent margin for profit. Yeah. Um, But but you're
1: you're trading options, so that twenty percent is yeah. You know that's twenty percent
0: on the chart. Yep. So like real like option wise, it's yeah. That would be like uh, it would be like two hundred percent. Yeah. I'm not trying to actually make that much. I'm shooting for like forty percent.
1: Nice. I mean that's super solid. So
0: yeah, if you look at the. what do you have the four hour pulled up on here? Nah, oh, I'm not even a- going to get into analytical, like an analytical standpoint. But I'm watching the 50 day SMA. So the 50 yeah. day SMA is one moving average that I use um, to kind of figure out where I'm going to take profit, right, or cut for a loss. Oh, depending. so you also kind of use trailing stops with moving averages? Um, not trailing, but um, in a way. So like, if I'm looking at a chart, um, first thing I'm doing is just like looking at basic like key support and resistance levels within like. The candles, okay. Yep. And then I'm looking at the moving averages: 180 day SMA, the 50 day SMA, and the 15 day EMA. Uh, each yep. one, you know, playing a different uh, or having less effect than the other, uh, based on like price movement. The 180 day SMA is going to like act as the strongest either support or resistance level. Yeah. Whereas the 50 day SMA is going to be like a le- less strong support or resistance, depending on where the candle where the candles are right where the stock's trading. In yep. the 15-day EMA, uh, again, it's like I don't even look at that that much. I don't look at it that much, but uh, if I'm looking to exit, like uh, I don't sweat the entries, like, I, and I say like no one should sweat the entries if you're swing trading. But I'll use the 15-day EMA on exits um, often.
1: Yeah, I think the 15 EMA is good to use for kind of like a I mean how to say, it, kind of like a kind of direction towards short-term direction, right? So if it's like where it's trading in relation to that moving average is definitely helpful.
0: Like at the end of the day, it's all, uh, you know, nothing's going to play out exactly as like you think. And it's a coin toss. No one knows what's going to happen. But trying to like identify a trend, um, like historical trends, like when I say historical, it doesn't even have to be like a couple of years. Like I'm looking at like patterns that have formed over the last, you know, couple of weeks, couple of months, and like I think patterns are the strongest like the strongest thing you can go off of with like yeah. the, the highest expectancy because like everything follows a, a pattern and patterns repeat multiple times yeah, history, like what a patterns history repeats itself always and like moving averages yeah, they work but uh, the moving averages help me identify like setups when I'm going through charts and then I'll use those to like manage the trade more or less so yeah. like i' I'm, I'm, I'm really just looking at I'm looking for patterns within the f- like well the four hour time frame, right? Yeah. I'm trying to identify those patterns and then find some setup within the pattern based on the moving averages. And you know, I've I've changed my style over the years and kind of developed that. And I think it's just like with time, like and experience, you you can really choose the the setups that look good. Cause there's like plenty there's plenty that I see every day that are like, okay, that would be decent, that would be decent, that would be decent. But it's like it's it's really it's it's almost it's a little intuition to figure out uh Which one you're gonna go with? Because you could check all the boxes for ten different charts, but you got to choose one. Totally, yeah. So, um,
1: I kind of want to touch on this. Maybe I feel like it'd be an interesting uh, little discussion. So, you entered, I believe, Uber a couple days ago in the mentorship group, and in the last two days, Uber actually went up. So, you're probably down. uh, You were down a couple thousand dollars, I believe, and um, but you held in, and now obviously you're up what, like 20% on the contracts?
0: Yeah, it was like 20%. It was like yeah. seven. Grand. So how
1: come, I mean, I think a well, huge in- issue for uh, smaller traders, especially less experienced traders, is knowing when to cut losses. So how come you knew not to cut losses and wait it out? Okay,
0: well, two things. You're either cutting losses based on like, uh, well, at the end of the day, you need to know your expectancies, like your win rate, your strike rate, whatever you want to call it like how much you can actually lose on a trade yep. based on your expectancies like your if you have an 80% win rate or a 60% win rate whatever it may be and then you figure that out before you enter the trade if the trade is actually like worth taking like how much am i risking on this trade how much am i going to make and then you can use like i said one of those moving averages uh, a key like support resistance level within the chart um if you're like you know obviously if if you're buying calls or puts depending um but with uber specifically Um, I was playing, uh, especially like one of of the things I'll look at is like a break of pattern. So lower highs, um, you know, there's resistance overhead. You break the pattern of lower highs. There's a, a key, like, moving average, like the 180-day SMA, which is acting as resistance. Okay, yep. you break the pattern of lower highs. There you go. We've invalidated, like, the the setup's been invalidated. If you're shorting, uh, overall direction has shifted. And then you could uh, cut losses when you hit that 180-day SMA, or depending on where it is on the chart, like, it could be, like, right at that break of pattern, you yep. uh, looking at the candles. But... Um, It didn't break the pattern, so like I knew that the setup was still valid and it was fine, Mm -hmm. right? Because that was like the initial entry was like based off like that pattern I saw of lower highs, rejections at the 180-day SMA uh, with a clear like that pullback that we saw like two weeks ago. Very clear support level, uh, a new low formed. It was like at Uh, twenty dollars. So I was just looking to play the move, uh, essentially back down to that previous support level. Yep. that had been formed, um, knowing that hey, if we did break that pattern of lower highs, if we broke above the 180 day SMA, um, you know, at that point, with my expectancies, uh, I was fine losing exactly what it was that I would lose, but we we're still good. So I'm still holding. Yeah, it. that great. was a mouthful.
1: Yeah, that was a mouthful. I started like laughing because yeah, I was like, "Wow, he's still talking about this one trade." Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I, but no, yeah, it's I'm good. It's off, it's good.
1: You're because you know it. You were able to talk about, you know, why you entered this position for a while because you looked at it, you consider it, and because you're able to talk about it for so long and because you actually understand the trade, which is definitely a, a good sign. Um, it's interesting. You kind of I believe in that when you were talking about the trade, you talked about what you can risk as a trader, right? And something I've noticed with a lot of, a lot of prop firms actually do this. Um, a lot of retail tr- traders actually do this. And something you can do is you could reach out to your broker and say, Hey, if I lose X amount of money, cut me off for the day. Right, mm. um, so a lot of prop firms do that. Uh, if you don't know what a prop firm is, it's a pro- proprietary firm, which they pretty much give money to traders to trade with. They get a cut. Um, there's a lot on them, but that's pretty much the broad idea of them. Anyways, they do that as risk management, you know. So why, why don't you do that as risk management? Like, why don't you have oh. a, like a cutoff number? Because i thought about <clears> it, and I was like, I don't. I've actually recently thought about reaching out to uh, TOS or TD Ameritrade and saying, hey, you know, I wanna. Um, like they'll cut off you your cut off account. Number. Like yeah, you for can't the day. use you, your. No, you cut if you reach below a number, you're cut off for the day.
0: Well, how how does that work if you're like uh, in a swing trade and like Cuts they're just gonna they're gonna close your trade out? Yeah. Well, that's what I do though. Like because I already know like when I enter a trade, like this is how much I'm willing to lose on this trade. Like and if I yeah, but if I if it drops to that level, then I'm out. Like you, I'm if if I'm if you're day trading, you making a lot of positions like yeah, in and, out, in and out, in and out, and you're like just digging a hole for yourself. That would make sense. Well like, I think what what you're
1: saying you is it. you're exiting the trade because of uh some you know like some reasoning some technical analysis right oh it's you know it's followed the pattern if it stays below this moving average then I'll continue to stay in the trade hub or once it breaks above this or the next candle closes above this average then i'm going to take or uh, cut losses whatnot that's based off technical analysis that's different than I believe cutting losses just based on a p and l standpoint which is what that is
0: ah yeah. See what I'm saying? yeah yeah that's a good point yeah uh the p and l thing i I don't know i don't i Less and less. I, I look at my PL less and less, and, yeah. and, and I used to a lot. But it's like I don't even look at my PNL. I if
1: you notice on my tab, I have my I have my trade open because I don't even like looking at PL because I don't want to exit a trade based on PNL.
0: I have to be aware just because I know other people inside the mentorship who may or may not have like or who, if they join on the trade, like yeah. they're in that trade with me and they're most likely up or down like roughly the same as I am. So like I have to be aware of that, but cool. I don't check it all the time. I was just looking now. I'm up like 4K right now, so it's good. Nice, like, yeah. That's that. like good, but it's like you know. At yeah. the end of the day, it's just like you could check your PL at the end of the month. You get your monthly report. I know traders who do that. Yeah, I think. Like that's, at the end of like every week, I'll look. Um, that's why, Robin but I have to Hood, keep an eye on the trade. Robinhood is so toxic because you open the screen and then it's just it's so boom, bad. Like your is right in your face. It, it's like a casino. It's like a game, and 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 when you visually look and. And you see your PNL curve, you see like a roller coaster, like yeah, it's bad. Like you could just hide your PNL on TOS and then and, and just trust the trade and know that like you've got your plan in place and yeah, and then you just let it go and move on, we'll look at another trade, and it's just so bad to um, be locked on your phone, like checking it every couple of yeah. minutes because uh, a lot of people and people do that, and that's yeah. like it's it's also a way to just burn out and like
1: totally. I think I saw a comment because we we talked about how if you're gonna trade for money, you're gonna lose, right? And someone comments then, like, why else would you trade? Like that's why people trade, is trade for the money. I think that comment itself was again toxic, cause it's like mm-hmm. obviously if we weren't making money, we wouldn't be trading, right? Cause it's yeah. it's a career. We need a we need some source of income to function and live as human beings. Um mm-hmm. but what I've noticed is that um it's like trading is more a game of predicting the markets, right? Learning, being aware. It's an, and then the just the PL is just a byproduct. So it's mm-hmm. like when you look when you say, Oh, I'm up five hundred dollars on the trade and you take profits, or you say, Oh, I'm down five hundred dollars on the trade, I'm cutting losses, you're not even you're not playing the game. You're doing it so then it just plays into doing it for the wrong reason. So you're gonna lose, right? Because it's like yeah. you, that winner could keep running, you can make two thousand dollars, or that loser could turn around and you can make a profit. So it's like It's so important to like really understand that trading is not a game of money. It's a game of understanding the markets and being good at finding your edge or your alpha, whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah. And it exponentially gets easier to play a game the more of that thing you have. Like that goes for anything in life. It's easier to play games when you've got it. Like and and building up your portfolio, you know, the more money you have, it like it becomes easier to just be like, all right. I'm not gonna look, or I'm not gonna check that, or like, just with anything. Like we were talking about this, and it's like, yeah, if you have like, it's easier to. Obviously, it's just like you have something. You're less. You're less inclined to like be so into something. Yeah. If you if you have it. Yeah. No. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. It does. Word this. I feel
1: like here's like an analogy, which I kind of I just made up in my head. So. Um, quote me on this uh, it's um, okay so imagine right you have a basketball player you have two basketball players right one's only playing basketball so if he makes it to the league he can make a bag the other basketball player is playing basketball because he loves basketball he lives breeze he loves basketball what two of those two players do you think is going to succeed the most yeah the player that loves the sport not the player that is just in it for the money yeah right
0: yeah what, if, mean, the, what if the guy who's really good and just playing because he loves it also just has a bag yeah, well, eventually the money will come.
1: It's just like you just got you gotta love it first because it's trading is like a long game, right? It's not. It's a lot of people portray it as like a get rich quick scheme, but it, it's just not. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of practice.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's arguably like one of the hardest jobs out there. It's so competitive because everyone wants to trade, right? And it's not even like a competitive competitive in the sense of it's just like it's it's you versus yourself.
1: Yeah. No, it it totally is. Like you are it's like your head, right? You're you're making the decisions, you're clicking that keyboard, and you know, the only person you can be, I mean, you can try to you can't really beat the market.
0: You're beating yourself. Yeah. That's what it is. Like you are trying to beat yourself on a daily basis. Crazy. I actually I read an article. Who's that yelling in the background? I don't know. Okay, it's gonna be so nice when we have a dedicated podcast studio. Yeah. And we don't have to set up the cameras. Each time, because this takes like a good like hour to get set up, and yeah. our poor <laughs> our poor media our man, our poor media man has to do it, and thank, they just sit here. Thank God
1: for the media man. We're just lazy. If we didn't have them. Yeah, we'd not be. Um... But anyways, I read this article about um, NFTs, and it was super interesting because the author compared NFTs to Beanie Babies. Do you remember those?
0: Um. Yeah. Dude, was was your me.
1: like? Because I know you have a younger sister. Was she ever into Beanie Babies? Beanie Babies. I
0: don't... Think so? Really? No, no, but I definitely have heard of them.
1: Oh well. Anyways, my um, I was very well acquainted with Beanie Babies okay. due to my due to my younger sister. She was very into them. Yeah. And I remember she came up to me. She goes, oh, well, "Look at this one I just got. It's like fifty dollars." I'm like, "It's a little stuffed animal." I think our dog ate it the next day. But <laughs> anyways, um, expensive chew toy. But how does this have to? What does it have to do that? You'll NFTs. see. I'm gonna tie it. I mean, let's get there. Yeah, I'm, gonna tie it, I'm gonna tie it in NFTs. Okay. And anyways, um, it's pretty much the. The whole price I mean these things are made for probably like fifty cents in China, right? Mm-hmm. and the way the marketing the marketing strategy by the company was very smart, and what they did was they retired certain beanie babies after they were made. I forgot like the actual, and they sold different ones to different stores for a limited they only a limited quantity, right, so they created this type of like demand for them of this like unique special item that can't be recreated right so okay, what happened was. It was kind of like the whole. Oh, there was a good word for it. There's like a term for it. I, I forgot what he used, but he pretty much says like the like the fool, right? It's like a it's like a game of like fool investing. So it's like your bias of making money is based on the person who will buy this whatever it is is unique, one of a kind thing after you is just going to buy it for more than you did, mm. right? So that was mm-hmm. the whole bias of these Beanie Babies. You know, fast forward one year with the whole dot com crash. Uh, or sorry, dot com era, they, uh, they went off too. And now they're worth nothing, right? I mean, these animals that were worth $100 are now worth yeah. in people's bases. Oh, that's basements. interesting.
0: Yeah, so yeah, wow.
1: We're seeing kind so of the same thing with NFTs, right? I mean, yeah. NFTs, does like Bored Ape down, they're down 50%. There's this one of like a rock, which are down 80%. It's yeah, like,
0: everyone is so down on. I mean, granted, the whole market's the down. The whole market's down, but, the, but NFTs specifically, yeah. I actually, like, I don't even know if I should speak about this because I don't know enough, but f- I've just heard stories. I've seen, like, different articles, yeah. and, like, some people lost, like, almost every, all their whole oh investment. Gosh.
1: I mean, but then you hear fast or rewind, sorry, a couple of months, even like four months, Um, people were making a bag off NFTs.
0: Like, the last, yeah, rewind like to, like, unreal. two months ago, previous to the last two months, it was, like, a disgusting amount of money that I was seeing people make online oh like so much money on NFTs and i knew that was not going to last like it was just too unsustainable it was just a bubble and now that bubble has <clears> popped <up, throat> but i think NFTs are definitely here to stay they're definitely like a long term yeah, thing but yeah. i think 90 98% of the projects out there are going to go to zero and there'll be those like couple projects that will actually last and i think we we'll, yeah. i think it'll go i think it'll become something bigger in in the in the future but i think we're a ways out and i think just yeah, we're not there. And I remember I bought an NFT like a year ago. You bought an NFT? Yeah, I bought oh, an NFT. I didn't know it. It was like over a year ago now. It was really, it, yeah, it was like probably a year and three months ago. And um, I haven't even like the problem is, I don't even know where it is. That's really I funny. I sound dumb, but I'm like, it's on like some OpenSea wallet or something. Yeah. Like it's too, I'm gonna, people are gonna clap me for this, but it's too complex for the average person to buy an NFT and know where it is and then know how to sell it we're not yeah. there yet cuz it's too difficult i know i mean it needs to be simple yeah. it needs to be streamlined
1: yeah no that's it's definitely very true but i think what's different about nfts than you know compared to beanie babies is aside from a dog to toy uh nfts Actually, have some implications, right? There, you know, you have like the whole NELK NFT, which gets you into certain functions, and then they have uh, like doc slips for NFTs and video. Video games is a huge one. If you have this certain NFT, you can use it in the video game. So there's actual physical implications of the NFTs. Have which, you seen
0: Logan Paul's NFT? Yeah, project? yeah, yeah. Like the Polaroids.
1: Yep. So it's like each one kind of has this certain they purpose. Have perks. Yeah, they have perks, and some of them are actually classified as like art. You know, like the realizes art, but um, that's I then kind of tying back in this whole world of crypto and the whole fool of you're buying something on the bias that the next person will buy it for more is Bitcoin. Because yeah. like, what's the actual physical value of Bitcoin is really scary. It's to what think.
0: people base it off. Exactly. Like There's no like. It's, it's whatever everyone thinks it's worth. It's gonna be worth. Exactly. Everyone's like, if everyone decides right now, like, dang, Bitcoin's worth nothing. Sells their Bitcoin, it's gonna be worth nothing. You
1: know what I heard the other day was this was really interesting. Um, Warren Buffett was, uh, I forgot, was he at some type of conference, and he goes, You know, if I could buy 1% of the US farmland for whatever, 20, $250 <laughs> billion, dollars, I would. Or if I could buy 1% of US stock companies for $250 billion, I would. But if I could buy 100% of Bitcoin for $25, 100% of Bitcoin, $25. I mean, I don't know what the market cap is now. This is so down tremendous, but I would, I'd imagine it's somewhere in the hundreds of billions. Uh, he said, I wouldn't buy it for $25. All Why? Of, because think about it. If he has all the Bitcoin, he has to sell it to make it valuable. So it's like, even, uh, yeah. it's like there is no value because he owns all of it. It's valuable because the, everyone owns it, right? And it's like this huge demand pool of everyone. But it's, if one person owns all of it, yeah, who's really going to want to buy it? Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. that's what gives it value. So it's just, it just goes to show that it's this kind of like um this not it's not this physical thing you can grasp, which is just so scary and that's kind of like it's insane how huge of a market cap and how heavily now, I mean, crypto's I think we were talking about in last podcast or we were going to talk about it was was it El Salvador media? Yes. Yeah, yeah. El Salvador they adopted it. I'm, I know other countries have um, as a national currency as like a recognized national currency, yep. which is pretty unreal. But
0: and El Salvador gave like all of the citizens like what was it something like hundred bucks or something worth of Bitcoin? Yeah, something like that. That might been a different country. Yeah, But the article is still there if you want to reference it.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I I just remember after reading it that. Um, they're down like 50% on bitcoin the, cuz the the treasury minister bought like well, part of their uh fiscal plan was to buy a ton of bitcoin pretty much and,
0: and now they're all down and they, they so like, bad but they're holding it
1: yeah and el salvador yeah i mean yeah i think that was the title of the article it said like uh like uh financial minister says el salvador isn't down because they haven't sold yet which <laughs> yeah. is, which is true and it's not true yeah cuz it's like and eh, you know, like, are you down? Yes, but have you realized those losses? No, no but that's a good point. Yeah, anyways. Um, you, you have no Bitcoin, no, I don't. I'm all out. I, yeah. I just don't. I've just no, I'm just it's kind of scary, dude. I, don't,
0: I think if we drop back down to like, <clears throat> honestly, I think 20k is a great point to to scoop up some more long term, but. We were looking. I was looking with my assistant. And we were going like through. We were, we were looking at the market cap of like yeah. all crypto and like trying to find like this next level that Bitcoin might drop down to. And we we're thinking somewhere around thirteen thousand, um, potentially within like the next uh, four or five months. That's interesting. Your assistant but is um, we'll
1: pretty competent when it comes to stocks and yeah. crypto. He's really into crypto. Yeah. I was talking to him about Sheeb.
0: Yeah, he loves his Shibi. He loves his ship Shib, coin, which is funny. He's gonna get rich off that. Just wait, <laughs> he's gonna buy up so much. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. He's saving up, but he's like, Yeah, he's working on like a crypto portfolio right now, which I'm gonna get involved with. I think we're gonna try to come up with like a hundred different coins and come up with like a dirt, uh, diversified portfolio to uh, hopefully, you know, buy up all these coins once this market kind of bottoms mm-hmm. and. Looks like it's turning around, which might be in the next like four or five months. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And like, that's what I did a year ago, put 30K in this portfolio. And like, obviously, that went poorly. Is this
1: going to be something that the mentorship group will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we might make that available to everyone. So we'll see. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, Yeah. yeah, We're working on some big things, though. So I'm excited for that. Outside of just like the mentorship, we're working on a big coaching program and like, yeah i'm not gonna get into it there's yeah. things in the works big things are coming yeah we're doing a lot like we've been super productive those this last like couple of months has been insane yeah very productive this week's a big week we're filming two podcasts this week we're filming two youtube videos this week because i'm actually
1: yeah going. i'm traveling two, two next podcasts week. too right Two yeah we're filming tomorrow. the next one
0: tomorrow oh gosh yeah yeah well that's gonna it's gonna be fun i wish we could have got a guest on but my buddy couldn't fly out in time and I just couldn't make it happen. But we are going to have guests on. So I'm excited oh, yeah. for that too. But we just got to plan more ahead of time.
1: Yeah, this podcast is definitely going places. I mean, the growth of our podcast on TikTok, <laughs> TikTok. is pretty unreal. It is. Yeah. It's insane. Um, so that's that was super. I remember I was like, wow, that's so. It's I just had no clue it'd explode that fast, which is pretty awesome our to see. on uh, Spotify and
0: pretty impressive too. Really? really? I, know, I can't remember how many downloads I think. Go a, lot of, a, lot a lot
1: of, of uh, downloads on Spotify. It. Yeah, a lot of traffic
0: probably coming. You're Big going to Doc. be getting recognized. You're going to be going to get breakfast, and someone's going to be like, "Yo, it's Jack, the <laughs> trader." Mark, please stop. Touching my I I've got a habit of touching my mic. Like, <laughs> I need a fidget spinner.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, so I wanted to quote this guy on uh, Twitter, I believe, Colin, Colin Roush, and he goes, "The stock market is the only market where things go on sale, and all the customers run out of the store." Dot dot dot, which is. So interesting because, yeah, I mean, it's true. Read that again. Okay. (laughs) You got to read that again. I'll read it slower. Okay. The stock market. Got it. Is the only market where things go on sale and all the customers run out the store. Dot, dot, dot. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because when the market's down, when the market's down, people are scared. scared. They're away. They're like, I don't want to buy. They're not buying. They're they're not
0: buying clothes on discount
1: no it's like that's when you buy clothes you yeah I mean? that's, wow. that's when you get the best prices so it's that's like a good
0: that's a good quote
1: oh uh, yeah i was like i read that i was like hmm, like yeah it's true so it's kind of i mean that plays into whole Warren Buffett.
0: and then when the market's going straight up everyone's just buying as much as they can yeah which is like exactly what happened with bitcoin there's so many people i know that were buying in at 60k
1: yeah oh yeah
0: because it's fomo <laughs> it's fear of missing out el salvador I was, yeah, top tech. But oh, everyone, FOMO part. is a huge thing. And I think we should talk about that, like the fear of missing out when it comes to like anything in life and, and investing and like opportunities. Like I said, opportunities, but like GameStop, right? Yeah. Um AMC last year, remember? Oh, Did, yeah. Were you totally. involved in the AMC GME thing? I was
1: not. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't a part of the whole Wall Street bet, so I wasn't really paying attention. But either. it was actually a really it was actually a really good. Apart from it being a meme, it was also a really well set up short squeeze. Mm-hmm. If I actually have been looking into short squeezes, and I can kind of touch on how they work, um, and pretty much what it is is when a short squeeze happens, right? There's a super low, or not necessarily super low, but there's a low float in the stock, and the float in the stock is essentially the shares that are available on the market, right? So what happens is, um, a, you know, institutions will believe that a stock is going down. There's a lot of issues with Game Stops, um. Their brick and mortar stores, they were kind of switching over to uh, more online. So, a lot of stores were closing, malls, the pandemic, everything was just looking bad for the company, right? So, I believe it was something like 130 ish percent of 130. So, more than the outright shares available on yeah, the market we're, short. were shorted. So, this huge amount of shores, shares were shorted, right? Yep. So, when the stock started going up, all these people with shorts, when you have to exit a short, you have to buy back the share. But there's 130 percent of shares that were shorted. Mm-hmm. So now when the stock's going up, all these institutions that were shorting the stock, right? Because what actually happened was uh, they started to increase revenue from on, from online stores and then a ton of volume was uh, poured into the stock from the whole games uh from sorry from the whole Wall Street Bets crowd, yeah. right? So the stock started actually going up and then the short sellers, right? These institutions were like, "All right, shoot, uh, it's going up. What's ha- what's going on?" So they start selling. But there's 130 percent of the shares that are shorted, so you can just see what happens. So now it's this huge competitive thing for buy, 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 and, and the only way to exit these shorts is to buy. buy but back. the stock's going up, yep. and the shorts are going down in value, and there's you know there's infinite loss on a, not technically infinite, but you know how a short works, mm-hmm. right? So the shorts are so people. So it's just, just you can just see up. what happens. That's how a short squeeze works, and that's what happened with GameStop, and it was a
0: huge,
1: huge increase due to the massive amount of volume from wall street bets was kind of playing in the whole. and that's
0: Phenomenal. fomo everyone wanted to get in and get involved and i stayed out for the most part Pretty yep. sure just because i was like i need to you know something like that is going to distract me from what i normally do and it's just not a good idea to like it, like something that i don't know much about like at the time and i'm i you know i just saw it going up and i'm like sure i could have bought a couple shares but that would have distracted me from like my trading and
1: yeah, because that's not your strategy. Your strategy no, isn't finding so, sco- short no. squeezes. Your strategy is swing trading exactly uh, larger cap stocks. And
0: I think that's important for anyone listening. Is like if 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 you have a strategy like, and you've been you know profitable trading that strategy for you know whatever however long you've been profitable, and then this opportunity another opportunity comes up, uh, which seems like you could make some money from it. Uh, just just don't do it. Um, if it's a strategy or like a short squeeze or like something like that. Uh, that's going on in the market just stick to what you're doing that's working because the chances are that yeah it might work out but no at the end of the day it probably won't and um, you're just going to end up either distracting yourself from what you're doing and you're going to not make money because well you're focusing on the short squeeze right and it's at the end of the day it's psychology you're gonna it just throws off your whole rhythm and your whole flow yeah it's like a flow state with trading get in the zone yeah, you have I mean, good trade. You, you get on a roll, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to go try to make money here, and then you lose a ton of money, and then you're off your, you're yeah, off, now you're off, you're off your, your game, and now you're
1: distracted. It's like you can't do too many things at once. You got to specialize. Yeah, you got to do one thing really well, and that's what helps a lot of traders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How about we take five? Sure. Yeah, come right. back want I take a little break. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. We'll be back.
0: All right, no, we're back, though. We're back. We don't
1: need to cut that in. Let's get it started. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Ah, Let's get it started. (laughs) Okay, okay. All right. So Uber's down a lot more than when we last checked. The whole market's pulling back. I'm hype. I'm up like 10K on this trade. It's up like 25% since called out. So I I just posted inside the mentorship. A bunch of people are already taking profit. Really? Good to see, which is cool. You know, good for them, but… I think it's it's going to run a lot more. Yeah, no, I honestly think it will. And… Like, if you look on the four-hour there, like, the 50-day SMA, so that red line I was talking about, is still, like, a good— it's probably 2% below where we're currently trading. So definitely more room for uh, profit. Anyway, yeah. we want to talk about, like, our trading, like— I guess it's like a system. It's a, I think a system's oh. a better word than a strategy. Yeah. A system. And it's not just like, okay, like, we're looking at this chart on the four-hour time frame, looking for patterns. It's like yeah. our life, okay, Your life is your strategy. Your life is your strategy. Yep. All right. So do you work out every day? Do you work out? I
1: try, yeah. I work out most days, but it's like even I work out. I don't work out before market opens because I know myself. I'm not a morning person. Um, It's hard for me to even get up, you know, an hour before market opens. So I uh, work out after market closes, and that's part of my strategy, right?
0: Yeah, and And in in LA, I worked out. um, So I would get up five, right? Uh, Market opens get like a good hour in, go work out, come back. I do like two workouts, morning workout. But right now I'm working out in the middle of the day. So like I'm not a morning person either. I'll wake up. Get like a solid like three and a half hours in, then go work out for an hour in the middle of the day, which breaks up my day. I get out, whether we're at the office or I'm at the at the house, at my office at the house, splitting up my day, uh, you know, clearing my mind, and then coming back and having a really productive like power hour last couple hours of the day, and then working through the evening. Yeah, and like working out is is like without that, like I. I know I wouldn't perform as well as I do because totally. my mind would be in a million places. Like it helps me stay grounded. It helps me stay focused and it keeps my chemistry in balance. Uh, in balance, and like in the winter, that's it's hard to stay like balanced and yeah. healthy. And like it's easier in the summer with sunlight. But um, going out, like I try to like not sit inside all day too.
1: Mm-hmm, that makes sense. I've recently started to gain an appreciation for working out because as you know, I, um, I just finally got like a legit trading setup at my house probably about a month or two ago. And, um, before, you know, I saw a trading setup, but it wasn't near as legit as what it is now. And, um, I was trading and so it's a, what it's enabled me to do is sit in front of my computer all day long and trade right from market pre-market to market close. I don't really trade post-market, but, um, Anyways, but that training is a lonely job, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're sitting in front of a computer all day long. And yeah. sometimes, if you're in like serious positions where you know you have like a lot of your savings on the line, you're not leaving your computer. <clears throat> you might leave to go like grab a bar, run back and eat. Yeah. Or go yeah. to the bath. I remember I went to the bathroom. I was like sweating because I was like had to get back because I was like in the middle of, I was super like, I needed. I've been there. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm sure every trader's been there, but, um, Going to the gym, it's like if you sit in front of your computer all day and then you don't leave your house, you, I mean, I don't know, maybe some people could do it, but my, I myself as a human would implode, right? And mm-hmm. so I needed, uh, so going to the gym allowed me, you know, Mark closes at four Eastern time, go to the gym, come back only for like an you know, hour, hour and a half, and then all of a sudden I, and then it's like my day restarts. It's like a restart. And then I can go and then I hung out with friends the rest of the day. So it yeah. was a really good day. Or this, you know, this is kind of how my days in the past month or two have been going. But um. So wait, hey,
0: let's let's run through a day. Yeah. All right. You want to go first? Oh no, you go first. All right. Let's. Well, one day. Well, our day when you're there and your day when you're. Yeah, because you're here a couple days. A yeah, week. I've
1: I have two days. So, um, at the office. So I don't come to the office every day. You don't either. Um. So when I come to the office, I wake up at six thirty, um, take about thirty minutes to eat, shower, whatnot, and then I leave around seven. Get here around. Uh 7:30. Sometimes I leave around 7:30. Get here around 8. So I can make a pre-market plan. 8:30, you mean? You're yeah. like an hour, yeah. Hour, 15, yeah, hour yeah. 30. So around I get here around like 8:30-ish and then uh make a pre-market plan. Uh sift through. I have a bunch of watch lists. I use the scan filter a lot on TOS. I find stocks that I'm interested in, uh that you know go according to my strategy. And I pick out some stocks I like, make a plan. Start my day trading. Uh, If we're shooting, I'll film a podcast from twelve to one ish. Right? I mean, this one's running a little late because we took like a we took like a
0: we take more than a five. Um, it's a little yeah. We try to shoot sometimes. Well, I wanted to shoot from eleven to one, but that typically doesn't happen. I was in the middle of some trades, but
1: anyways. And then after that, uh, market closes. um, Go to the gym.
0: I've been going to the gym with you lately. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go to the gym. Yeah, we'll go to the gym today. I want to go after.
1: Then head back for dinner.
0: Yeah. What it's like pretty normal day. It's like people think we have like some crazy days when it's just like.
1: No, I mean, nah,
0: it's like pretty straightforward,
1: honestly. Yeah. It's pretty, you know? it's pretty, it's all about it's fun. Like, yeah, it's, it's I enjoy it. It's rewarding I enjoy my
0: schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel good at the end of the day. Do you, I want to ask you one thing and then I'll kind of run you through my day. Like, uh, when you're in, when you're, you know, going through your pre market watch list, uh, are there a couple like, I know for myself personally, I, Put aside, probably five stocks that I'm going to be looking at on the day. Yep. You know, maybe there's 100 that I'm narrowing down from. Then I've, you know, take those 100 and find 15 setups that look promising. And then on the day, I'm looking at maybe three to five stocks at max that I'm like ready to trade.
1: Yeah. I have, um, I have, uh, I call it my huge movers. I have a bunch, I have five of those different scan setups. And then I have my, it's called swing close. It's right there. It's called swing close watch. And then um, those are like you know five to ten uh, tickers that I'm looking to trade that day if a certain setup occurs. And normally what I do is I'll look at a pattern. So the way I pick these you know sw- swing close watch is I'll find stocks with a promising pattern on a larger time frame. And then when I pick these stocks, I look for an intraday pattern to kind of establish where it's going in this larger move. So that's okay. kind of that's kind of my process in pre market finding these
0: stocks and how I actually execute my trades. Okay. Yeah cuz you've got two you got a couple of trades on right now. And I try to so you clearly don't keep like one to two trades on. Like you'll go like four or five trades. Like I never have more than two trades on.
1: Yeah, I mean that's all like I mean strategy, right? It's like if you know yourself as a person, if you can't properly cuz you don't want to take three trades or you want you don't want to take five trades if you can't properly manage these trades, right? Like I find for myself I can't really I can take up to five trades and I can manage them properly and okay. I won't and I won't take any more, right? Because okay. at that point it's like you know, I'm looking at five different charts. What it's like summer, like about a, you know, they kind of what you'll find is when you watch the chart for a respectively long time, is you kind of notice that stocks tend to move in similar ways, and especially across different tickers, like the like you know, uh, QQQ leveraged ETF will move similar to Uber or another stock come in, uh, VYGR. Mm-hmm. and you'll see, okay, now wow, okay, the stock's rebounding, it's retracing, now it's making a lower low, but it kind of happens across all markets. Which is really interesting to watch, but in different level, you know, this stock might retrace more than this one, or this one might go up based on its, what sector it's in. Um, but that's something you kind of learn. And it actually having multiple positions helps because you can kind of get a feel for what the greater market is doing, right? When you have, you're looking at multiple equities saying, all right, well, this one's kind of starting to rebound, making higher highs. What, you know, now this one's starting to follow, but yeah, that's kind of my normal day process what about you
0: yeah i bal- I balance my time between like multiple different things it's obviously not trading just trading like it used to be just trading when i was in la yeah. living on my own like i had a whole different routine like because it was just what well, my focus my sole focus in la for the most part was trading was trading my own account and yeah. and i would wake up and i would uh you know do my pre-market watch list um i would pretty much spend like an hour to two hours like actively trading I would go work out I would come back I would have lunch and power hour was 12 to 1 o'clock in LA so then 1 o'clock comes around the market closes and then I kind of had a whole afternoon to do stuff yeah. And so I would spend a lot more time just after the market closed going through charts and like looking for setups. Like I would spend hours and hours and hours going through hundreds and hundreds of charts. Yeah. I found a better way to scan through and like find uh, the setups that I look for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was all like very manual back then yeah. and, and it took a lot of time. Um, and then like typically I'd work out again later in the day and then I'd go eat dinner by myself. And that's like something I want to talk about too, which was like living like living on my own, moving out and like moving across the country, living somewhere where I knew no one. It's quite the bold move. It 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 puts you in in reality really fast. Cause everyone, you know, obviously goes to school, lives with their parents, and like eventually everyone takes that leap. Um and that's why college is kind of designed to be like a little bubble where you can you know, yeah. you're not at home anymore, but you're 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 on your own in a way. Yeah, because most people can't just go into the real world and like no. survive. Oh yeah, uh, but doing that like it really made me grow up fast. Yep, and it was crazy. I remember flying in on on the on the flight, flying into L.A., looking out over the city, and it was the weirdest thing because yeah. I'm like. It's been a weird moment like, for you. I, like I'm home. Like I'm flying into LA and I'm home. That was really weird. I'm like it, I'm just by myself. It must right? have been so, crazy. Because crazy, you, crazy. Feeling. I mean, eighteen, like living yeah. on my own. Like what? And it was also your dream, though, to go. And it was away. my dream. Yeah, yeah. It like, ah, it was always my dream to be so in LA. Real. What a cool feeling! It was a really cool feeling. I had a great apartment, and like I had the Audi. I got the Audi R8 like a little bit after I moved yeah. there. Crazy experience. I remember three weeks where I was just. Like again, didn't know anyone. I would go to dinner. You know, you go buy groceries. You see people around, but you're not talking to anyone. Like I'll, I'll I Facetime my parents a lot, but actually, like sitting there, like talking to someone I knew. Like it was probably a, a, a month I went. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is just weird. Like, think, imagine well, right job, now.
1: Your job wasn't super inducive to meeting people. You know, no, no. There was no. Well, there's no way to meet you were people out. Exactly. I guess like the gym. You could have met someone or like at the grocery.
0: Store. But that's all very like cliche and kind yeah. of. It's it sounds. Well, and what easy, happened was like tall. gyms were closed in LA for a bit there. Oh yeah, yeah. When I moved out, I would go run at UCLA like every day. I'd run around UCLA, which was yeah. fun. And,
1: and I UCLA set up was a workout.
0: What was, UCA was UCLA was UCLA was closed. Yeah, yeah, campus was dead. Yeah. Yep, and then like I uh, had a gym set up, like a gym on my patio. I'd work out. I'd run up the road and like I had a yeah, nice. weights and whatever. Uh, and, yeah, it was weird. I say a weird time, but it was just a different time in my life. It feels like a whole lifetime ago. But everyone should experience living on their own. That was my point. Everyone should try living on their own and see what it's like because it's good. You really? You learn a lot about yourself because it's just you. And there's literally like you're in your head. And some people might go crazy doing it. I, funny thing was, I listened to music a lot. Like I could never be si- silence. Like, si- silence, like when you're alone, when you're alone for weeks on end, like silence kills you. So I always had music playing. That's crazy. I mean, I'm the type of person. Like
1: I'm. I tell myself this, but I don't know if it's you know actually going to be true. But I feel like I'm never not going to have a roommate. Mm-hmm. Like I've never not lived with a roommate. I've always had some type of person. You know, not necess- not necessarily living in the same room. Yeah, like this term roommate would infer, but living in. The same like house or a condo or in college, same dorm. Sure. But, um, but do you want to try it though? No, I just wouldn't be. Oh, I was like, I don't know. I just couldn't. It's nice to have someone that you could like just talk to or do whatever you want. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe who knows? Maybe I will live on my own. But that's that's a crazy. It must have been. Do you ever feel like lonely?
0: Oh, when, yeah. I'm in LA. all the time. And that's why like my distraction was work. And that's why like I, was in this like constant flow state where there was there was no distractions, oh yeah, there was no one to talk to, there was no one to take me out of like my focus like it was the craziest like seven months um just like of of I, like, at the time it was just weird, like I had no gauge for time, yeah. like days kind of roll into each other, and like all I did was work. It was very consistent. But that was the like craziest amount of progress that really just like, I think that seven months could equate to like maybe four years of someone's life. Like, yeah, because you were just so wise.
1: focused doing stuff all the time. I think that's one of the hardest things to do in like kind of your own journey is like being able to really focus and say no. Mm-hmm. Like that was something that was really hard for me is I probably could have been way more productive and made a lot more money trading stocks in college if I like, said no to social situations. Granted, I was at a frat, so it was like stuff was all like always going on. Every second of the day,
0: something going on. There, was some,
1: there was something to do. Yeah. So it was so easy to get distracted. And luckily, I, I stayed semi-focused. But like now being, you know, here in the office and having my home set up and uh, having this kind of like flow state that I'm in now, like you were mm-hmm. talking about, it's like I've noticed so much personal growth in the last uh, like, two or three months has it been And
0: yeah I'm I mean, sure it's just
1: crazy that like once you like actually find a focus and motivate and stick to it and kind of create a routine like how much progress you can make in such a short amount of time
0: yeah yeah no it is crazy and it just comes down to like how many hours a day you're spending on something too yeah I, I mean, mean like yeah I mean stocks it's so easy to like to literally just sit on your computer all day long and yeah uh, well I, it was like what was that it was must have been some like article or something I saw oh no it was like I don't know some clip on Instagram and um like you could spend 8 8 hours at a job sitting there all day yep. uh you know and and being like kind of distracted here and there like getting a little bit done uh because of you know the the atmosphere that you're in yeah And it also comes down to like what you like if you actually enjoy what you're doing. Yep. Um, But when you're by yourself, and what I would do instead of just like kind of drowning on for six hours, eight hours a day, like looking at charts, like I would take like thirty minute breaks here and there. And what happens is like your your productivity. Think about if you start your day at like nine o'clock, like a nine to five, like you're gonna start out really productive, but progressively through the day. Like, it's just going to continue. Like, your productivity levels are going to continue to go down. I'm going to, like, show the camera. Like, you start out here. Throughout the day, your productivities are going to continue to go down. But what happens is when you, when you say you, you start out here, right? Okay, your productivity levels start to go down. It's 10 o'clock. Now you take a break. Yep. Now you're back up here. Yeah. Okay? Now you work for two more hours, start to go down. Take a break. Now you're back up here. Yep. Do you see what I mean? I wish I had a way to draw yeah, that out. I mean, and that's how you stay super productive and really focus and get a lot done. Yeah, you have to break it up. And I, people,
1: oh my gosh, I watched this TED Talk once. It was very um, insightful, and it talked about how like you kind of
0: as like people, we kind of have like a. I feel so bad for the audio viewers. I'm so sorry. You just they're going to be so lost with it, that example. Yeah, just picture like I mean I feel like you described it pretty well, but
1: um, people kind of have like f- like focus fuel tanks, right? And it's like you use up. Your fuel, right? Like you can't stay dead focused for ten hours straight. It's just impossible. No, it's like it's not gonna happen. So you have to like know yourself. Even if you
0: love what you're doing, you're really enjoying it.
1: Yeah, that's actually how I like gauge like when I when I read at night. I um I read and I'll read as long as I can until I just read a page. I'm like, what the heck did I just read? Mm -hmm. And that's when I'm like, okay, I'm not focusing. I need to shut the book, take a break, or just go to bed. Mm -hmm. So that's like a just like when you're doing something and you're just like that's
0: part of your daily routine zombie is reading.
1: Yeah, that's part of it. I I read before I go to bed or if uh, um I'm not doing anything with friends, I'll just pick up a book. It's pretty it's pretty nice uh it's a hard nowadays, it's a hard habit to get into. I really had to force myself into reading every day until I kind of got into the habit because it's so much easier just to go
0: like yeah. you know, on your phone. Your you know what phone. I mean?
1: And then um, you know, you can be productive on your phone. I'm oftentimes, you know, we're doing a lot of social media stuff, stocks, whatnot on your phone, but it's really easy to slip. And yeah, and reading a book I just find is very uh it helps a lot. I think mm-hmm. knowledge-wise, um, focus helps you focus. Like if you can focus on a book nowadays, you can focus on a on a
0: chart. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I just thought of this funny story. <laughs> I, I snapchatted you the other day, and like I have a lot of patience, like for certain things. Other things, I have no patience. <laughs> I was gonna for. say, like zero patience. Yeah, like I'm just the most impatient per- person with I certain know. things. Like setting stuff up kills me. Like I can't yep. can't set stuff up. I can't, I don't even have time to open like a package. Like I destroy the package yep. to
1: open it. When you have a goal too, you have no patience.
0: A goal, yeah. Or like if you want to do something. If there's any mundane stuff that has to be done and you're working toward like the bigger picture and you're like, yeah. fuck, I don't have time for that. Yeah. But I sent you a Snapchat. What was it? I was making Um, mac and cheese. Oh my gosh. Why am I doing this to myself? I'm you're just like completely real. like… You're
1: about to ruin your whole brand. yourself. Do you should want I to- say
0: this? Should I talk about this story? <laughs> Are you sure you want to go forward I with don't your know. story? Uh, you're going to get clowned so hard, bro. I I mean, no I don't it's, care it's, it's I'm kidding fu- it's funny I, I, could, I could care less alright I uh, went to make mac and cheese it was <laughs> like it was like the pre-made mac and cheese <laughs> editor, editor goes oh. there, pre-made mac and cheese six steps on it right now granted when I was in LA living in LA I did the pre-made meals that came to you and you heated up like tried that I would go out to eat yep. and, and I would Uber Eats like nice. I didn't make a thing like I could make eggs and like an egg sandwich like that's it wow impressive right yeah I was I was attempting to make this mac and cheese. I was so hungry. I like, didn't want to wait for the Uber Eats. And um, there's six steps on the back of it, and I just couldn't get myself to read past step four. I like scanned it. I'm like, okay, good. It was like maybe a sentence each. This yeah. is like, I mean, come on, like, <laughs> I can do this, but I can't read six instructions. Yeah. I put in you're the so mac so and imp- cheese. You're so impatient. I, yeah, I'm so <laughs> impatient. I put in the mac and cheese. The noodles in the— I put in the noodles in the boiling water. Yep. I'm like, all right, that that's boiling. It's definitely boiling. Yep. And then what do
1: you do after that?
0: I Explain I, the
1: I, part of it where you messed up.
0: Okay, this is how I messed up. I take the cheese, like the cheese that you put on to make it mac and cheese. cheese, yep. And I dump the cheese in the boiling water with the noodles. Yep, and how'd that work out for you? I go to stir it. Oh, my God. Something's— Like, I did something wrong. It's not— be, it's not becoming cheesy. Like, that's supposed to look like orange, like yellow. Yeah. And then it start disappearing. So I'm like... And I take out the colander and I pour it in, dump it out. <laughs> All the cheese is gone. And it's just straight just noodles. <laughs> I literally just didn't so think to been- pour it, pour the cheese on after. I poured the cheese in the water. That's crazy. Something in my mind just like didn't like think that the cheese would dissolve. That's and I didn't read to crazy. that step. And that that like that is... That's embarrassing, and this is why you don't that's drop in high school,
1: kids. You learn how to make mac and cheese.
0: Yeah, if I ever, <laughs> I was gonna say that's unreal. real. Yeah, I, I, I think one day I might actually learn how to cook and like take it serious. But I think right now, like, and like I was talking to my dad about this, and he's like, I used to do the same thing. I didn't have time to eat. I'll just get chips, whatever. But now he's all into cooking.
1: Yeah, and I think yeah, this is yeah, how it is. I think it's life. just
0: in, in your wherever you are in life. Like, and I can't. Yeah, no patience. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that. But you sat there and made steak the other night. Yeah, you made steak with him. Yeah, we made. What did we make? We made steak. We made
1: we made mac and cheese from scratch, and then we made uh, like a salad. That was good. Yeah, that was good.
0: How do you have patience to do that? Like, isn't there better stuff to be done? Well, it's like
1: you have patience when you look at a stock grab. It's like. You see a you know you see a ticker you like it's funny you don't just go bye, bye, bye. you know like you like you look at it and you look at patterns you take your time you maybe even check the news you ch- like you you look at the bigger picture and you take your yeah. time right and you're methodical and when you hit that buy button you know what's gonna happen it's like when I make a steak I'm like all right I gotta wait two minutes before I flip it you know if I want it to be medium rare so it's like it's just re- like if you if you made mac- like if you made mac and cheese you're not gonna dump the cheese in the water. You know what I mean? You're gonna wait and you're gonna be like, oh I mean you might
0: you might not make it perfect, but you're not gonna jump the cheese in the water at least. Yeah. You know? I think if you don't have any patience, uh, you're not gonna be able to trade. Like trading is oh. funny because it's like yeah. you need it requires a so type. much patience. It's a different type of patience though. Yeah. No, it definitely is. It's not yeah, trading is like
1: because I think one of the worst things you can do is to take trades just to take trades because you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah, because you just want to leave boredom. Because you just want to make money, so you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna make a trade," and then you just lose money. Yeah. Speaking of this trade, I'm up like 10k. Yeah, I'm looking at this now. I'm like, oh, shit!"
0: I'm making hell of bread. It's great. very good. This is
1: a, we should do this more. Just have trades going on. I know it's exciting.
0: I'm, I'm probably up like, like little plug. My right little right. plug. If you want to learn how to trade. Um, or if, if you have the time, here's the thing, I always say this. Like I get people don't have time yep. to commit to learning. Because yeah, people right. have lives, people have, people lives. have, people, people, you have jobs, people have jobs. going to
1: school, people have commitments.
0: The one great thing is you don't need time. You don't need more than 30 minutes a day to trade and to make money trading. Because what I do is I literally post my actual trades yep. uh, inside the group, inside the mentorship. And that's something that no one does and it takes a lot. And I'm sure like, you know, I have everyone messes up. Everyone, you know, no one's perfect. Nope. I lose every now and again. I lost on my last trade. We're going this this current trade's going well. We're up two hundred and fifty percent on the year. I have like an eighty percent win rate. So it's good. All right, Uh, you can join, you can follow those trades if you so desire and you don't need any time. If you want to take the time to learn, I do have like the whole trading system that I've talked about with these these different moving averages and my strategy and uh, trading psychology, risk management, and like I go in depth in all that. And those are like video lessons that come with the mentorship group. So uh, I'm going to put a link. It'll be the first link in the description uh, with a discount code. We'll give you guys a discount code. If you want to join, go ahead, click that link, apply code. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll see you over there. I think that's a good uh, good note to wrap up the podcast on. Yeah, yeah, I'm I feel pretty good about this. I think the same. beginning was very insightful. It felt this podcast
1: felt a little shorter, but I feel like it was quality.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think so something. too. I don't want to push it just for that time if we're gonna run out of stuff to say, and we're gonna be filming tomorrow, so we got to keep some stuff. Yeah, I think um, I
1: think one thing you could take away, like as a viewer from this podcast, is. Uh, not to put cheese in the boiling water and like make mac and cheese. <laughs>
0: you did not just do that. <laughs> if
1: you could take anything away from this podcast, that would be it. So, yeah, I think with right. that said, follow
0: us on Instagram. Follow us
1: on Instagram. I'm Jack, the Weekly Traders, that's Mark, the Daily Traders. Thank um, you. Daily Traders Podcast. Want to
0: Comment, like, share, subscribe. See you in the next one.
1: We'll be